Okay, hello everyone. It's um, Sunday, October 6th, and we are at another episode of the uh, Mental Debriefing Podcast. With me, I have my co-host, Leslie. Hi, everyone. Hello, hello. And myself, I'm Peter Tam, and I hope everyone's having a uh, productive October thus far. So uh, we have a few interesting topics to talk about today. Should we start with what we did last weekend? Uh, We should start with um, talking a a bit more of a serious topic, which is um, uh, my (laughs) co-host Leslie did some research on nootropics. Yes, so Peter Tam asked me about nootropics because he was interested in trying a nootropic. So what got you interested in what were you going to try or what do you want to try? Well, there's a, um, um, there's a red pill guy who's, um, a red pill guy. There's a red pill guy who, uh, on his, on his show, he sponsors Gorilla Mind Rush, uh-huh. which is a, some sort of nootropic. But then I looked up online that it was, I don't know. It seemed like there were some weird side effects. And then of course, Joe Rogan always, uh, talks about nootropics all the time, and he's mm-hmm. like, nicotine's a nootropic, blah, 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 so mm-hmm. it got me curious if that is, that stuff, if it actually works, or if it's anecdotal, or whatever. Yeah, so he asked me about nootropics. I've, I've heard of nootropics, but I never really researched what they are and what they do, so I came across this interesting article on Medical News Today, and um, it's a very well-written, comprehensive article on nootropics. So nootropics are a class of substances that can boost brain performance. They're also sometimes called cognition enhancers or memory-enhancing substances. So there are two types of nootropics. There are prescription nootropics, which are medications um, that treat different conditions such as attention deficit, hyperactivity disorder, narcolepsy, or Alzheimer's disease. And then there are the non-prescription substances um, such as caffeine and creatine. Um, And I'm just going to summarize. It's, It's a really good article. The title of the article is What are Nootropics? And again, it's on um, Medical News Today. And, oh, and also just want to touch on which, like, the non-prescription substances. So caffeine can be considered a nootropic um, along with omega-3 fatty acids, which we know is essential for um, brain function. There's also ginkgo biloba, ginseng, and creatine. So... It states in the article that some small studies show that some nootropic supplements can affect the brain, but there is a lack of evidence from large control studies to show that some of these supplements consistently work and are completely safe. Because of the lack of research, experts cannot say with certainty that over-the-counter nootropics improve thinking or brain function or that everyone can safely use them. Uh, For example, one report on cognitive enhancers found that there is not enough evidence to indicate that they are safe and effective for healthy people. 
The researchers also point to ethical concerns. However, there is evidence that omega-3 fatty acids can benefit the brain and overall health. In addition, can, caffeine can improve mental focus in the short term. And then the authors of the article uh, suggest that the best way to boost brain function is to get adequate sleep, exercise regularly, eat a healthy diet, and manage stress. Hmm. And for people who want to boost their cognitive function, nootropic supplements may help in some cases. Uh, anyone interested in trying nootropic should consult with their healthcare professional. Okay. So, I think ultimately... Let's say you drink like a strong cup of coffee or um, a bang energy drink or a monster or whatever. You can <laughs> feel that there's something going on. Mm-hmm. Now, whether that is, you know, whether that's actually your brain activity mm-hmm. um, at an elevated level, or your heart's just pumping more blood into your brain, doesn't that in itself prove that it quote unquote works? Or is it anecdotal? I think, based on the research, a lot of it is anecdotal, where people say, oh, it worked for me, it's, um, it helped me, and everyone's very different. And you have to be very careful, because a lot of these um, substances can interact with different medications, so that's why you also want to consult with your physician, because there's drug-nutrient interactions. If you're taking a blood thinner, and you take... Uh, a substance that could um, it can negate the effects of the medication. So you just have to be very careful when you're taking any substance. But even like you said, mentioned um, in regards to that product that you wanted to try, it had side effects. I think a lot of people just, they want this, again, magic pill that's going to enhance their mood, but yet they're not getting an adequate amount of sleep or uh, they're not engaging in physical activity or they're not eating healthy. This, there is no magic pill uh, to enhance your, your mood. I don't think it's necessarily regarding mood. I'd... Or to enhance uh, cognitive function. But, okay, I... I know when people wake up and they don't have enough sleep, or even if you do have enough sleep and you wake up, you have your, what they call your morning fog, mm-hmm. and then you have a brain fog in the morning, and things aren't, uh, the synapses are not connecting, or they're not firing as rapidly, and then people mm-hmm. drink a coffee, and then mm-hmm. off they go to work. So, um, do you think that's psychological, or... Is, is there actually stuff going on? Obviously, when you drink well, coffee, stuff does go on, but I mm-hmm. mean, whether it it uh, affects your brain, go ahead. Well, in, in regards to, to caffeine and how it works, so in the brain, we have these receptors. They're called adenosine receptors. And as the day goes on, there's a buildup of adenosine in your brain, and that's what causes you to feel sleepy. When you drink caffeine, instead of the adenosine attaching to the receptors, caffeine attaches to the receptors. So adenosine is not building up in the brain and is not attaching to these receptors because caffeine is attaching to the receptors instead. So you don't feel sleepy until your body 
removes caffeine from your system, and then finally you feel the effects of the buildup of adenosine in the brain, and then you feel like that caffeine crash or you're really tired, and then you have to have another cup of coffee to feel alert. Um, which So you're kind of masking the effects. So the caffeine... Um, uh, it inhibits the effects of adenosine in the brain. Okay. Yeah. Which makes you feel like you're... Or, uh, being s- or feeling sleepy. The buildup of adenosine in the brain is what causes you to feel sleepy along with your circadian rhythm. Okay. Uh, so that's what causes you to feel sleepy, but caffeine attaches to those adenosine receptors instead of adenosine, so it masks those, um, it masks the feelings of sleepiness. But then eventually your body removes caffeine, gets rid of it, and then you start to feel the effects of the buildup of adenosine in the brain. Then you can drink more coffee and more energy drinks, and then you can keep the Yeah, but then you're, going, you're right? up um, longer, and then it's like a vicious cycle where you drink more caffeine because you're starting to feel sleepy, and then you can't go to sleep because, remember, adenosine has a half-life of four to six hours, I believe. So in order for your body to remove 50% of the caffeine that you drink, it takes about four to six hours. So that's why they don't suggest if you go to sleep like at 10 to drink uh, caffeine past two o'clock. Um, so just, I think those are things to take into consideration because if you're drinking caffeine all day long and then you want to go to sleep at 10 and then you're complaining that, oh, I can't go to sleep. Well, it might be because of the caffeine that you're drinking all day long. So is it worth drinking caffeine to stay alert when you can't when you're having difficulties falling falling asleep or is it better to limit your caffeine consumption and get an adequate amount of sleep well i mean a lot of times even when you're drinking a lot of caffeine it's like they they do fall asleep event they do uh fall asleep now whether that's um uh, you know we read the sleep book by matthew walker but um whether whether that's quote-unquote quality sleep or not mm-hmm. you know we don't know um but because uh, your body becomes even if you keep drinking caffeine eventually your body becomes physically exhausted and then mm-hmm. you're gonna crash eventually right eventually um but so i i just stated the the effects of of caffeine and drinking caffeine throughout the day there's nothing wrong with with drinking coffee in the morning and having a couple of cups a day or even, I think they even, it says here, um, the FDA recommends that people consume no more than 400 milligrams of caffeine a day, which is about four to five cups of coffee. Oh my God, that's a lot. Um, sorry, let's see. But then there's also like, so some of the side effects of prescription nootropics include high blood pressure, a fast heart rate, insomnia, uh, trouble with vision, addiction. So is it really worth it? Like if you consider the side effects and the fact that it may or may not boost cognitive function, or would you rather go with something that will more than likely work, which is to get an adequate amount of sleep, engage in physical activity, and 
have a well-balanced diet? Well, I mean, there's, there's the, you know, life happens. A lot of times people have newborns or whatever, and then <laughs> they, uh, you know, that's an example. The, you know, the, the, the baby cries in the middle of the night, two, three times a night, and mm-hmm. you're going to have interrupted sleep. And in the morning you have a, a function to perform mm-hmm. at work, so... Oh, well, let's say there is a, like a situation where the mother is extremely tired. I wouldn't feel comfortable prescribing her a prescription nootropic. And then if you're telling this person and this female to take a non-prescription nootropic, that may or may not work because the studies show that there's mixed results in terms of whether or not it improves uh, cognitive function. Okay, so the the prescription stuff, um, what were they again? So the prescription nootropics are, I'll say the, the brand name, I can't pronounce the, so it's Provigil, Adderall, Redolin, um, oh, those are like ADD drugs, right? Mm-hmm. Those are considered prescription uh, oh, Adderall, nootropics. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh... And then the non-prescription are like uh, ginkgo, uh, ginseng, and let's see, what is the... So for ginkgo, which is a tree native to China, Japan, and Korea, its leaves are available as an herbal supplement. Um, they discussed a study. So in 2016, a study found that ginkgo is potentially beneficial beneficial for improving brain function, but confirming this will require more research. Ginkgo may help with dementia symptoms, according to one review, which reported the effects occurring in people who took more than 200 milligrams per day for at least five months. Mm-hmm. However, the review's authors note that more research is needed, also with prescription nootropics available Ginkgo may not be the most safe or effective option. The reason that they say, again, is because there are drug-nutrient interactions, so you have to be very careful uh, when you're taking, even when you're taking non-prescription uh, nootropics. Okay, I'm, uh, uh, ginkgo is a traditional Chinese, um, what they call herbal medicine, and um, I don't think there's a lot of danger to it, so shout out to ginkgo. I personally don't like the taste of ginkgo, but um, the the Chinese they use the the ginkgo berries and then they they put it in their soups and stuff. So it's uh. So with ginkgo, uh, the major interaction is that um, medications that slow blood clotting interact with ginkgo, and ginkgo can slow blood clotting as well. So that's one of the major interactions and why you have to be careful. Okay. <laughs> but if you're not taking a blood thinner, then for the most part, it's fine. Okay, shout out to Kinko. Um, and as you can see, my brain's not functioning well today because I haven't had my morning coffee. I'm drinking some um, uh, oolong tea, but mm-hmm. the, uh, the caffeine content is... Uh, not making my heart beat faster like like coffee usually does so uh, there's less blood going into my brain 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting topic. Um, but um, it's a situation uh, like cramming and, and also uh, with newborn babies and mm-hmm. all, the, all the stuff that uh, life throws at you. Um, sometimes you need something to keep, keep the keep the motor going, the brain motor, and... Um, yeah, I think my concern, I don't... I think drinking a few cups of coffee in the morning to get you going is perfectly fine. Uh, I'm not opposed to that at all. So people who need that extra boost, is, that's perfectly fine. But to buy a supplement that is promising to enhance your cognitive performance or, you know enhanced memory and all I I don't think there's enough research to prove that these supplements work and you also have to consider that a lot of stuff well most supplements uh, actually all supplements are unregulated so you don't even know what's in them so you have to be really careful about that so you're paying I don't know how much does um, on it charge for their supplements for cognitive performance Okay, on it, Alpha Brain. Yeah, Alpha Brain. It's pretty pricey. Yeah, on it's uh, not cheap. Um, according to Joe Rogan, they make a lot of. Um, uh, they basically they're careful regarding the bins that they process the 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 uh, medication in, so there's no mixture of other impurities. Mm-hmm. But. Um, Thirty pills cost thirty four ninety five, so it's not cheap. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's about a dollar a pill because sixty pills cost fifty nine eighty eight. So, um, it's it's not a cheap thing. I know it, it, a cup of coffee costs more, but exactly, it's not cheap. A lot of people don't have that type of money, like extra money to spend on these pills that are promising to boost cognitive function and again you don't really know what's in these pills because they're not regulated and uh, this article also states that certain that a study found that some contain contaminants or other ingredients not listed on the label and for that reason, it's important to only purchase supplements from reputable companies that undergo independent testing. Correct, correct. Because when the, when they make the pills, they they may have there's some uh, mixing involved. Mm-hmm. Um, if they didn't clean out the bins when they um, between the last batch of whatever drugs they're making and mm-hmm. and the uh, the current batch, so you, you need to be careful regarding your supplier. And you know, a lot of this stuff sometimes it comes from China. And then you don't know what the hell is going on, um, so you have to be careful, people. So, um, so stuff in China is less regulated, and it's uh, um, I I wouldn't personally be uh, taking medicine from China, but you know, mm-hmm. uh, at pill form, obviously in in the grass form, and then in the soup wise, things are should be slightly safer, but you know, sometimes you can't trust. Um, what goes on in China because they could be putting on some, you know, stuff not organic and then they spray a bunch of chemicals, et cetera, et cetera. It's kind of like, um, you know, if you, if you the, the difference between illegal marijuana found in Mexico versus like what they grow in Canada, there's a, 
one, they spray a bunch of chemicals and uh, pesticides, et cetera, et cetera. And then one, they try to make it organic. So there's differences. You have to be careful, people. Yeah. And do your research. Um, when And when you're researching these topics, um, just pay attention to, like, the methods of, of, the, of the study. And then one thing I just wanted to mention, it's not completely related, but somewhat related, is when you're looking at studies, pay attention to the subjects. Are the subjects actually humans or are they rodents or animals? Um, you can't generalize findings from a study that was done on animals uh, to humans because we're not the same. Um, so that you can, you know, obviously like take into consideration the results, but there has to be more research and it has to be done on humans um, in order for the findings to apply directly to humans. <coughs> because I think that's a misunderstanding that a lot of people have. Why are you shaking your head no? I'll continue. <laughs> um, you, because we're not the same, right? You're shaking your head no like you disagree. Well, it's it's like they're, these are nootropics is the what they call the forefront of uh -huh. the, the frontier of... Um, uh, you know, human enhancement, and then uh, obviously whatever whatever research you're gonna do, it's like 10, 10 15 years behind. So it's it's kind of take like HGH and all that. There's there's a lot of risk involved, but then a lot of people take it, and they seem to be doing well. So it's well, <laughs> you risky. can't you can't just say, oh well, this person took it. That's it should be fine for me then. Joe Rogan no. takes it. No, no, no. <laughs> That's horrible advice, Peter. Correct, correct. So ignore what I'm saying. No, um, I just... is the expert, so... I, it just, you know, I... Because I always see people, like, quoting a study and, like, oh, look at the, the, the findings of the study and the results, and then you look at the subjects, and it's like, well, yeah, the results are great, but the subjects were rodents or, or mice, not humans, so... Okay. Just take, you have to take that into consideration. Okay, fantastic. Okay, yeah. now moving on. Onward to lighter subjects. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, this this past weekend, um, or one weekend ago, I, we had uh, Leslie, her husband Frank, and uh, myself had uh, attended a live MMA event. Uh, it was a Bellator event in uh, Inglewood at the Forum, and... It was very entertaining. We had, um, Leslie had opted for the more expensive seats, which turned out to be a good move because we had access to, um, the floor of the, what do you call it, the floor of the arena, and then that's where a lot of the yeah, we MMA, MMA stars were, so it was a fun time. Fun for you. Uh, no, just kidding. No, it's fun. Until, do you want to say what you did, or should I? Um, I didn't do anything, so I will say. So we had a great time. We were able to meet uh, several different fighters. Uh, we were able to meet Redoom. Um, who else did we meet? Uh, Brian Ortega. Uh, the Diaz brothers were there as well. Uh, and then we got to see Musasi fight against Machida, so that was awesome. Oh yeah, and and, and the, then 
<laughs> so Frank and I kindly bought Peter a chili cheese hot dog. And for whatever reason, while I was, I got up from the seat, I think it was either I was clapping or we got, I got for some reason. Well, it, it was because there was, uh, you know, like any ball game, there's people going in and out of your aisle and then there's not, not enough room. So you need to stand up to let oh, the people okay, pass. Yeah. So then Peter decides to place I his... I did not decide. <laughs> His uh, plate, his jelly cheese dog plate, on my seat. And so, of course, when I sat down, I sat down on his plate full of cheese. And I did not know this, and no one told me. So I was walking around the arena with cheese on my butt. And Frank didn't tell me until we were leaving. So I was really mad. <laughs> um, that's not entirely... Uh, I don't feel that's an accurate version of what happened. But, <laughs> okay, what's your version? Uh, at, at the time, Les, Leslie had already known there was there was cheese butt, and then and then I had to buy her a drink uh, to make up for it. And um, oh yeah, yeah, you're right. I did. I no, you're right. I did notice that I had sat on the on your plate, but I didn't know how much was on my on my butt until Frank told me that it was a lot. So there was more than I had thought. Okay, yes. Yes. Okay. And then Leslie got really mad and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So, anyways, um how did you how did you feel about the event? Uh I was excited to meet the fighters, but in terms of the fights it was not that exciting. I felt that it was kind of a boring fight. Uh, Musashi won, which is awesome. Although I do like Machida as well. But yeah, it wasn't very, very exciting. They, and I, I saw the interview that Musashi gave after the fight, and he admitted that it was a boring fight, but that he had fought in Machida before, knew his style, and he fought a very safe fight. He wanted to make sure that he did everything right to win uh, rather than take risks and lose, potentially, because he wants to fight uh, Lovato, I think is his name. Yes, yes, yes. Um, So he wants to rematch with him uh, so he can get the title again. Um, I felt it was fine. Um, the... There was a the one Archuleta fight with um, that Pitbull guy, Patricio Pitbull. Mm-hmm. Um, I was disappointed that uh, Juan Archuleta lost because he's one of TJ Dillashaw's guys and they train around um, in Yorba in the Anaheim area. Which, uh, so as a semi-local, I was very disappointed that he lost. And um, other than that, the the overall event was entertaining. Um, I I had never been to that Inglewood, the forum area before, so that was educational, and I could I could tell that the it was a very old arena which they've done they threw like fifty million to remodel it or whatever, but it's still really old, and you could tell that they. Why they built the Staples Center because the, the arena, um, the forum was so outdated 
when you go to the bathroom, you have to climb a bunch of steps just to use the bathroom. It was totally ridiculous, but uh, <laughs> overall, it was um, it was an entertaining event. I I wish they had that uh, closer, like like at the uh, at the Honda Center. But um, overall, it was fun. It was my second live MMA event I ever went to. Um, I've been to a King of the Cage event in um, in Ontario, and um, yeah, they're they're fun live, but then uh, the best view, of course, is on TV because on TV the cameras, it's actually inside the cage when when you watch it on TV, mm-hmm. um, versus when you're when you're at the arena. Even if you have really close seats, you're actually on the outside of the cage. So the TV, it's like baseball. The TV is the best view, so. It takes some getting used to when you're sitting at the arena watching it. Um, yeah, you can feel the atmosphere, and um, I am impressed by how knowledgeable the fans were because it is, I guess, partially because it's a Bellator event, so um, it takes a deeper understanding to know what Bellator even is because it's the number two league. And, um, yeah, the the atmosphere was really fun. I liked being close to a lot of the famous people, but... Mm-hmm. Um, overall, the view is better on TV, and then you also get the commentary on TV, so yeah, go figure. I agree. Okay, moving on. Um, well, related to Bellator, there were fights yesterday. Um, the main event was... Oh, yes, there was the UFC 243. Robert Whitaker versus Israel... Adesanya? Is that how you pronounce it? Israel Adesanya, yes. Uh, okay. Uh, I was very sad. I'm a, uh, I'm a big Robert Whitaker fan. Um, I thought he did really well the first round. He was definitely putting on the pressure. Uh, but unfortunately, Israel was just a better fighter that day. I think he is a better fighter. I, I haven't followed his career too closely, but... After yesterday, I realized that he is he is a good fighter. He's a great fighter. Well, you've, you've seen some of his previous fights. Um, he has a cowboy Cerrone-like work ethic because he fights like every three months, every two months um, sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he, he always makes it look really easy, which is weird because everyone's, with each opponent, they're like, oh, wait till he gets a... To person X, then they'll then they'll show him, and then every mm-hmm. time it it always ends up that uh, he overcomes, and the whatever wrestlers that he tries to tries to fight, they can't seem to close the distance and take him down. Um, so it's it's kind of weird, like the Kelvin Gastelum fight that um, did you watch that one? Yeah. Adesanya versus Gastelum. Um, that one was five, was a five-round war, mm-hmm. and then Gastelum did actually take him down, and there was a lot of back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, that fight proved that he was the on the upper, upper echelon of fighters, and was I shocked at the events that took place last night? Um, I, I wasn't really, but yeah, it was very impressive because... Again, Robert Whitaker couldn't close the distance. Like a lot of fighters, they can't close the distance. 
mm-hmm. between him and Adesanya. And um, in the first round, he got knocked out at the end, but then he was saved by the bell. So um, Adesanya know, knew what he was doing. Whitaker couldn't close the distance. And when you're trying to fight um, stand up against Adesanya, it's not going to go well for you. So, What did you think of his walk-in? Um, I, I was watching a, a Periscope feed. I, I, I saved money last night. I didn't go to Dave & Buster's. I was watching on Periscope and Instagram Live, which, <laughs> y- you know, when people, they use their cell phone and then they, they're filming their TV. Oh. So, and then they post it online. So I was watching one of those. So did you I see? missed a lot of stuff. Oh, so you didn't see his walk-in? I did not, know. Oh, okay. It was different. It was, I think, the first of its kind in the UFC. So he came out with three, three or two professional like dancers, and it was like choreographed dance. Hmm. So. Cool. Uh, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I know boxers. They boxers have like really elaborate walkouts and mm-hmm. stuff. So, um, I guess that's his inspiration. He called out Paul Acosta. Yes. Your thoughts? Um, How are they in the same weight class, by the way? Paul Acosta looks huge, and somehow he drops down to 185. Yeah, he, he drops like more than 30 pounds during this weight cut, which um, that's probably not really healthy. Um, but he's, he seems to make weight every time. He's mm-hmm. also younger, and... Adesanya, of course, he's a tall, lanky guy, so he's he's probably taller than Costa. Um, mm. But um, yeah, it'll be a very interesting fight. Mm-hmm. Yoel Romero could not beat Costa because Yoel was a slow starter. There was only three rounds, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but um, yeah, it'll be very interesting. Again, there's issues regarding closing the distance. Um, I think if Costa tries to um, tries to fight him standing up, then there's going to be issues as well. Because yes, he has knockout power, but so does uh, Kelvin Gastelum. So does so does um, Robert Whitaker. So all these guys with knockout power, they um, you know they they can't close the distance. They can't find their targets. So uh, whereas um, Adesanya. He's this uh, tall, lanky guy, and then he he uses his length to his advantage, and he's able to knock out these guys. So, go figure. So, Costa, he should try to ins- institute some some grappling, because that's the, that's the quote-unquote weakness that Asanya has, because he's not a natural BJJ or wrestler, so... Um, trying to take him down would seem to be the logical approach because it's hard to um, match his speed and his footwork um, while you're standing up. So, anyways. Yeah. So, and then we're looking forward to Nate Diaz. Oh, we already talked about that yes. last time. Yes. Okay. Yes. I think that's it for MMA. Yes. MMA minute is over. Um, How's work? Works okay. Um, I'm still, I'm still at Amazon with my part time, late at night. Just when you're talking about sleep schedules, totally messes it up. Um, 
things are fine. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, you know, things are normal. Mm-hmm. You know, I can have a somewhat, you know, go to bed like 2.30 a.m. type of schedule, which is somewhat normal. <laughs> um, whereas uh, Wednesday, Wednesday night, Thursday night, or Friday night, you know, or, or Friday morning, then that's when I have to do the the uh, the graveyard shift, and then you go to bed at 6 a.m. It's, it's not very uh, fun. Have you noticed any changes to your mood since you've been working the night shift? Yeah, I'm more rageful. Um, <laughs> You're more rageful? My, uh, my, my broker at, at uh, Brookshire Hathaway Home Services, um, she also noticed that I... I, I blow up at people now, and I'm, I'm less calm, so... It's, <laughs> Can you please describe uh, a uh, moment when you blew up on someone? Uh, there, there's nothing to, to, to describe, it's just, um, you know, the, when you don't have enough sleep, you have more snarky comments, or and then more sarcasm, and uh, obviously if you have a lot, too much of that, it it brings the group down so you have to control uh, another thing with leadership you have to control the sarcasm and the uh, ironic and all that kind of stuff the problem is when you don't have enough sleep it's easier to for that stuff to come out and mm-hmm. to have a blow-up moment and all that stuff so um, yeah it's, it's not healthy uh, I I don't know how long I'll uh, I'll do this graveyard thing, but we'll see. Interesting. And then real estate, it's uh, it's going it's going okay, I guess, but um, don't have any transactions yet. So um, recently, so I noticed you been, said it's going okay. Why it's been is a struggle. it struggle? So, but you didn't say it's going badly, so. Why is it going okay versus going badly? That's that's a weird question, but uh, <laughs> you know you're always working on stuff and developing and trying to um, navigate your your life and navigate your career. So things aren't going bad, of course, and. Things are just kind of at a uh, standstill right now, but what they say, mm-hmm. a holding pattern. But um, yeah, I things things will tr- turn around soon, hopefully, and um, uh, we'll we'll see from there. Because when you start out, you work with a lot of buyers, and then buyers are flaky. So mm. go figure. Turns out you need money to buy real estate, and a lot of people they. They just don't have that thirty thousand lying around to make a down payment or whatever, so it's it's difficult. Mm. And also, buyers are picky, and they they always want to buy their dream home the first time, and that's not really the way to go. So there's a lot of issues, and it's you know I have fun making my videos and then trying to educate people regarding regarding that but no one watches the videos so it doesn't matter but um <laughs> i watch your videos as you can see the sarcasm's coming out from lack of sleep so <laughs> it, it all comes comes 
full circle. By the way, I just want to say that the reason I laugh at Peter so frequently is because you guys can't see his facial expressions. They're really funny when he's talking. They're very um, sarcastic. Well, some women don't find that sarcastic <laughs> or funny or whatever, and uh, they they stop answering their phone when they go out with me on a first date. So. Oh yeah, yeah how's the dating going? It's uh, the the Peter Tam, the funny guy here. It's uh, it's endearing to some people. Some people won't find it that funny, but um, it depends. But um. Yeah, the dating's going okay. Um, you know, I'm I'm working on on uh, some projects, and <laughs> of of course, I I went on a date with this um, half Japanese girl, half white from um, upstate New York. But uh, and then and then she went to APU or whatever, which is a, uh, a private Christian school out here, and. She works for Disney in their corporate office, and yeah, she 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 was into triathlons and all that stuff. So she's a really athletic girl. And then, um, so I had a, you know, I've been obsessed with like pie dates lately. With uh, what? Coffee and pie. Oh, okay. So. I thought that was like a new app or something. No, 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 no. So so <laughs> she's in Pasadena, so I, I arranged to meet up at a pie pie place and we meet up she's in her um her hair is in a what they call the it's like a man bun type of situation um you know when they when you put your hair up into like a a Uh, thing yeah (laughs) or a half bun or whatever you call it and then um light makeup and which is all cool and she was wearing she she boasts that she bought this two dollar top that looked like Lilo and Stitch um and so she was wearing her two dollar top and <laughs> yeah I think she was in sandals or whatever so it, what were you wearing it, it was it was pretty weird because typically you know when I go on dates with women at least uh they they dress up a little, you know. <laughs> oh. it, you know, even even if you keep it casual, you know, um, there's there's some dressing up going on. Okay. Um, so were you kind of disappointed that she didn't? No, try? I didn't mind that, but uh, I I knew something was up. Oh. So, um, oh. Okay, that was a red flag then. Yeah, and then, and then of course I was in my usual, you know, uh, pants, polo shirt, blah blah blah. Um. So. You know, we talk, we seem to have okay chemistry, which is a bad sign, because if things are just okay, mm-hmm. then you know it's, you know, they're just being polite or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, anywho, um, date ends, um, yeah, I gave her an awkward side hug thing, which, uh, which is a bad sign, and, um, yeah, she's, she's, she seems like a very serious type of person, and she didn't, uh, for example, you know, when I'm talking to you, I can throw out, like, ten jokes in a row, uh-huh. and then, um, you'll, you'll laugh at, like, seven of them, but then, you know, when I'm on a, on a date, and then I talk, I, it's in similar style, and then, uh-huh. and then I can throw out, like, ten jokes, and then 
she's one of those people that will laugh at zero of them. And <laughs> anyways, so, you know, we text back and forth a bit um, after the date. And then on Friday, she said, oh, yeah, I don't want to pursue a relationship, blah, blah, blah. And then she ended it. So, yeah, oh. fun times. Um, but, of course, thanks to the world of online dating, there's, uh, there's always new projects coming up. So, um, things are continuing to progress and uh, we'll see do you have any dates lined up um yeah i was i was supposed to meet up with uh a past a past uh dater or datey yesterday but um her car broke down so oh. um, but things things are uh, in a good position right now oh, that's good but um yeah it's well, life search is very uh it's very weird, but <laughs> pretty soon it'll be Life Search twenty twenty, which has a better ring to it. But, uh... That's true. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I'm not overly concerned. Um, speaking of which, there's Tim Pool. Um, he's a guy that um, remember when Joe Rogan interviewed like the uh, the Twitter boss. Uh huh. Um, what's his name? Um, I forget. Anyways, the boss of Twitter, he also had Tim Pool on, which is a journalist who fires a bunch of questions at the Twitter boss. Uh-huh. Um, anyways, he, he made a video um, regarding uh, the dating preferences. of. He pulled up this article from Jezebel, which is a female website. <laughs> and then the article talks about like the, the preferences of men versus women. Uh-huh. It's like... And then they have, like, this chart, like, uh, men from the time they're 20 to, like, 60. 60? Yeah, from 20 to 60. Uh-huh. They're, they're attracted to women that are from age 20 to 22. That's their most attractive. And then women, you know, when, when they're, like, in their tw- when they're 20 or 21, they're attracted to 20 or 21-year-old guys. And then... As women get older, they're attracted to more older men. Uh-huh. But then men, their preferences stay at 20 to 21 from the time they're 20 to the time they're 60. So, it's Do interesting. Do you uh, agree with this? I, uh, yes, yes. Like, like most males, um, there's a preference for the attractiveness of a 21-year-old girl, but... Of course, um, when you're, when you're engaged in uh, Life Search 2019, you can't really uh, engage in that. But in terms of attraction, uh-huh. um, where did I know most men get like this that. data from? From a feminist website called Jezebel. So, where did they get this data? From? I don't know. But uh, Tim Pool was pulling in an article up, and he was talking about it. And mm-hmm. then of of course, a lot of feminists got mad at the video. Also, and then there's the, the whole thing was because, um, he pulled up another article which talked about, um, like career women in their thirties, mm-hmm. they have trouble finding a man that has, that makes more money or is as, as or more ambitious than they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, which, which is a big problem, but. Does that get you upset that, like, if you see a guy with a 
attractive woman. Every every man has a. Uh, I don't, I don't want to get it too too deep into into um, dating philosophy and red pill philosophy and all that. But yeah, it's, it's human nature. You know, there's. I mean, I can I can literally go out today, and then you know you can you can engage with a woman and et cetera, et cetera. So it's every man has a capability of doing so. Of course, there's there's always the the problem, you know, if uh, some some fat forty year old single dude um, mm. working at Walmart. It's the ability of him to, to go out and engage with a 22-year-old swimsuit model. I mean, the chances of that are very slim. <laughs> but, um, you know, there, there are certain levels of this game. So if, if there is a 35-year-old uh, lady at Walmart who, who works at Walmart, his co-worker, then... Um, there's a chance of engagement there, so mm -hmm. there, there's 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 levels to this basically. Every man has the ability to go out and get a woman. Yes. Now, is he shooting above his his uh, his value? Who knows? That's exactly the point. What are you looking for, anyways, other than that she can bear your children? Um, that's important. Yes. Um, <laughs> What do you mean, what am I looking for? Like, what are you looking for in a lifetime partner? Like, characteristics or personality or... Personality. Well, personality is important, of course. There, there needs to be a flow. I mean, for example, my, my many jokes, etc. There needs to be chemistry. So it, it's hard to explain because... You know, there's there's the classical stuff. Yeah, she needs to be hardworking, not super lazy, um, somewhat into fitness, um, et cetera, et cetera. Have a, you can have a conversation with them. Mm -hmm. all, all the basics, uh, and then there's intangible stuff. What people call chemistry. For mm -hmm. example, me and the uh, the half Japanese girl, mm -hmm. we we couldn't. We don't have, you know, we have cordial chemistry, not the, um, not the friends type chemistry. So it's important because if if they get, if you can mesh friends wise, then it's, uh -huh. it's it works. Because most of the time you're gonna be, uh, you're gonna spend a lot of time with said person. Obviously, if you're in a relationship, so it's important to have someone you can get along with, right? So. Okay. I'm I'm sure you agree because. It's important to have someone you can get along with. Yeah, I was just curious because I never, I don't think I've really asked you what are you looking for other than just that she's able to carry her children. <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah, I agree with you. Chemistry is really important and having a connection and being able to have a conversation with someone and having similar interests. Um yeah, it's it, it's it's a touchy subject. Um, I know we're closing up here, but um, what am I trying to say? There, there's also a when when you're when you're getting older, particularly women, then they they tend to 
they tend to wisen up on their choices, but sometimes it's too late. So I think that's that's what the whole Tim Pool controversy was because um, it was the whole thing was like that career women um, they're having trouble finding men that are equally ambitious um, and 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 make similar amounts as they do um, in that are attracted to them when they're in their 30s already so and then Tim Pool had suggested that oh yeah maybe the men are they're not looking for career women and then he obviously got a ton of online hate because he said that uh-huh. um, so his, his suggestion was um, you know maybe these ambitious women are looking for someone they're not looking for a career woman and they're looking for so, someone that's more um, more, more social and then more more um, can can be maintain the house etc cetera, etc cetera. Huh. Um, of, of course he got tons of tons of online hate because he he suggested something like that but um, his whole philosophy is you know I'm working 16 hours a day I don't want my my uh, significant other to also work 16 hours a day and maybe working 16 hours a day isn't that attractive to 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 ambitious men so uh-huh. that was his whole philosophy but uh, whether I agree with that or not I don't know but it it seems like uh, I I obviously get along well with with older ladies because they're less about the whole machismo thing mm-hmm. and they can tolerate uh, my jokes etc so go figure right yeah it's a very um controversial topic I guess you can say because I can see how his comments can elicit a certain negative emotion from women because certain women they work really hard to get to where they're at and to say well you know most men don't really (laughs) are not attracted to women who work 16 hours a day I can see how it can elicit a negative reaction from uh, from certain women because it's like oh so you're saying that men in their 30s who are high achievers they just want a woman who's going to stay at home and cater to them and that can be controversial because women are be like well no that's not what I want I want to be an equal partner I want to be able to also work on my career and make money and be seen as an equal not as just a you know, which is fine if, if women choose, like, they want to be at home, and that's a job within itself, and it's a very difficult job to stay home with your children all day. Um, it's very undervalued, and I don't want to discredit any women who stay home and take care of the children, because that's such a important role, and I feel that mothers who stay home don't get enough credit for the amount of work that is involved in doing that, but some women, that's not what they want. Um, and that's okay too. Correct. Of of course, my my type of requirements are a lot of it has to do with chemistry and your your life goals. If you want to start a family or or you're not really interested in having kids, then it's probably not a good idea that we we get together, right? So. Do you say? That. Do you put that? Do you write that on your profile that you want kids? Yeah. You do. Yeah. Oh. Because uh, a lot of women, they, they you know, 
they obviously want to start a family, et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of women don't because they want to focus on their careers. There's a balance to everything, obviously, but um, there's there's also you have to you have to have. I believe like religion and and um, how you view the world, sometimes politics. They they kind of have to align a bit. So I know all those can align, and then you still can can not have the chemistry that you need for a relationship. But sometimes、mm-hmm. it's just good to have similar worldviews. One less thing to argue about. So yeah, yeah, it's good. Okay.、Um, anyways, any closing thoughts? Um, you go first. I know we went a little long on relationships, but um. I'm. I hope everyone's doing well and everyone's really productive, because、uh, we're coming up on the end of the year here. So, hopefully, you guys have、uh, spent 2019 well. And、uh, I myself, it's it's been a transition type of year. So,、um, I look forward to good stuff happening in the future. I do too. So I think that's a good way to end the podcast. Okay. Adios, everyone.